listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDT. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. Detroit is home to an organization that houses and assists dozens of asylum seekers hoping to make their home in the United States. Freedom House Detroit is home to more than 40 refugees who have been beaten, tortured, raped, or otherwise victimized and driven from their home countries. But in less than a month, Freedom House could lose its federal housing and urban development funding. It would be a huge blow to the organization and to this community. They would have to make drastic cuts to staffing and services, and it's unclear what the programming there would look like on the other side of that. Recently, Freedom House Executive Director Deborah Drennan gave Detroit Today producer Jake Neer a tour of the facility. Could you give me a little information about the history of the building? It's old and it has arthritis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> things are breaking, things are leaking. <laughs> so here are some of our... Re- Who's the cook today? I'm the cook. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, yum. Oh, wait. I've never tasted your food yet. <laughs> are you a cook? Or are you a pretend cook? I'm just helping Did you cook back home? No. Oh, boy. I'm going to try it. <laughs> I know he learned... You cooked back home, though. Yeah, back home I used to cook. Yeah. But here I learned most of experience from my colleagues here. Yeah. Because we exchange ideas to come up together with one, uh, like, with a complete meal. And, yeah, it's really helped me a lot to learn a lot from So when you came, you didn't know anything about cooking. And, so, and people didn't rush to your dinners. But now well, that you're a good cook, right, people line right. up just in time, right? Yeah. Same thing with this guy um, here's a map of the world, and these push pins represent, each one of these represents a resident that came from this particular country. Um, and so uh, you can see Sub-Saharan Africa um, has a large, um, and, and for the last several years, um, we became known as sort of the experts in working with the African refugee because when that's what you do, you sort of tend to set the example and best practices. And so, but you can see here, and then there's a few from different um, Latin America. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like most are from sub-Saharan Africa, but then you also have China, uh, Kyrgyzstan, (laughs) Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, some in the Middle East, uh, South Africa. We're all dreaming. No, we're all sharing. High five. Good job. I love that. We all share. That's what makes for a good life. I'm going down. You're going up. See you later, alligator. Hey, 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 alligator. after-school crowd, yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you just the children, right? They're happy, but they're victims of torture, too. They acclimate, they need to build trust, but don't forget either they've witnessed it or they're actually victims themselves. So we owe it to our children. Right? Who could turn those beautiful kids away? One of the, the aspects about Freedom House and our mental health is uh, art therapy. And so if you look around, you're going to see a lot of artwork here that residents have done, and you'll see it throughout the house. I was going to say, I see, I seem to, uh, uh, already I, I see a, a pretty prevalent um, uh, theme in, in the artwork and the pictures, which is peace. Correct. So imagine, you know, they come from countries where violence is just rampant, um, and they fled that violence. They've been persecuted and tortured. And so their prayer, their hope, everything, their vision, their desire to be in the U.S. is because it of peace and so you do see it um, and in talking with people that's one of the things that that comes out first about why they chose America a peaceful nation and that's a pretty hopeful um, way to approach art therapy right I mean it, I guess when I think of art therapy for people who have been through so much I might expect darker 
uh, images. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and that is true. Isn't that amazing? So um, I think it has a lot to do with our staff and volunteers that we, we're not, um, we identify our residents, no longer victims, but survivors. I think that helps. We're moving beyond um, the victim, which keeps us thinking of pain and misery, to becoming a survivor and seeing hope and love and light. Okay, that was Freedom House Executive Director Deborah Drennan giving Detroit Today producer Jake Neer a tour of the house and a sense of the work that they do there. As I said in the intro to that piece, Freedom House is set to lose its federal HUD funding in April. Deb Drennan joins me now to talk about why that is and what it would mean for the organization. Welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. It's so good to be here. Yeah, I mean, I should say up front that I'm a huge fan of Freedom House. It's one of my favorite places here in Southeast Michigan principally because of the work that it's doing and the the unique nature of that work. Uh, talk about what this funding cut, though, would mean to that work. Thank you. You're one of many um, who value the work we yes, do. Yes, you have many fans. Yes, we do. Thank you. <laughs> uh, many listening. So we are concerned. Um, it is a significant part of the budget, a uh, little over 60%. And so when we talk about you know, how do we recover those funds, uh, many of um, well, you know that we've done uh, an appeal asking for people to help through this gap funding so that we don't have to compromise services. And people have been generous and we're still shouting out that appeal and mm -hmm. asking them to donate. But, um, you know, it's it's a challenge. The services that we provide are necessary. I mean, we're a bare bones budget. So when we look at losing funding, what part of our services do we cut? I mean, it's is it the the uh, certainly the housing um, asylum seekers by law can't earn income, thus they can't afford rent, and so um, being homeless, which is one of HUD's uh, housing and urban developments, their primary uh, focus, of course, is preventing homelessness, and so if they're not uh, offered housing, then they're homeless, and then yeah. they become vulnerable. Uh, asylum seekers have one year from the date they enter the country to apply for asylum. If they aren't in housing, they aren't stable, they can't find a lawyer, then that timeline for that visa um, becomes more significant and in many cases they would overstay the visa then would become the overstayer right. and the asylum application no longer becomes an affirmative one it becomes defensive it goes to court which could then be you know 10 years before um, the the case can actually be finalized and a decision granted and while they're waiting Families are back home, so you don't, you're not eligible to bring your family until you have asylum. And so we keep looking at this as really a humanitarian crisis that keeps growing. And while we see that globally, we really see it in our own backyard here in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I really love about uh, Freedom House is pretty relevant to the conversation we were having earlier yes. here mm -hmm. on the show, mm -hmm. which is about understanding uh, mm -hmm. differences and knowing about people who are different, knowing right. how and why they're different so that you're not mm -hmm. afraid of them. That comes uh, into Freedom House in some really oh, dramatic beautifully, beautifully. ways mm -hmm. because often the asylum seekers there are from countries or, or, or uh, within countries, even uh, uh, factions that do not understand each other and right. maybe even have been at war. Right. Uh, you guys have to mend those those. They mend them. Gaps, so right? um, yes, and I, I, if I wasn't in the green room, I would have called. I think the <laughs> um, it is. Uh, we have people of many cultures, many faiths, many nations, and when we come together, of course, as asylum seekers, the one goal is peace to end the conflict, to end the misunderstandings, and so um, as a staff and volunteers and as a group, um, if 
the first thing, what's causing the conflict? And it's always a misunderstanding, usually um, a bit of ignorance. And so when we can admit to that, that we really don't understand, we don't really get the big picture, then we can sit down and learn a bit. And so that that is um, a primary focus of what we do, whether it be in social settings, sitting down, just talking, or in house meetings. We have weekly house meetings to kind of help navigate. Um, you know, 40 people in a house can be pretty challenging. But also that's where we could also talk about some of these misunderstandings. But when we have people of many faiths um, and we have a situation where we want to come together, um, I remember one of our residents, she, uh, a Muslim woman, and her husband died. And he was back home in their home country. And so we had a memorial. And we had a resident who was in the house and he served as the imam. And then um, we came together and everyone, we prayed with with um, with her and then each each group who had whatever religious practice, they they joined in and it became this wonderful, the energy, the spirit, the love in that room. And no one said, stop, that's not what I believe in. It was continue to rise up on what you believe in. And it is a challenge, let's say, if you have an asylum seeker who's coming in for political or someone who's coming in for religious reasons or if they're gay or lesbian um, and they've been persecuted and then they come into a house where some of the people have been raised uh, religiously, ethically, ethnically to really um, discriminate, against, discriminate against those people. Yeah. And it is true. At Freedom House, we come together, remove those misunderstandings and we come together as friends. And when the, a, a straight resident from, for instance, Uganda, stands up for the rights and the dignity and for his brother or sister who is gay, you know that that something something has changed yeah. and then they're going to go out to their communities and make the difference as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm curious, uh, as we said, this is not, the, the funding question is not a result of the Trump administration. No, this not. was in in the works for for some time. Correct. It's just a change in the way that they want to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am curious about uh, your reaction to the things we've seen and heard in the first days of this administration about refugees, uh, in particular. Uh, that the people in in at Freedom House are are those people and. You know, mm-hmm, I've met yeah, them. I've, yeah. been, you know, yeah. and they mm-hmm. don't they don't seem to fit the the, the, enemy. Yeah. the, the mm-hmm. profile that people are are mm-hmm. carving for them. I mean, it's really right. hard to and it's really hard to sort of convey that to people who have not met them or talked to them. Mm-hmm. But but I'm imagining for you, again, that hits that's got to hit very yeah, personally. Yeah. Well, so um, I, I'm affectionately known in the house as Mom Deb, and like any parent, when their children are ostracized or bullied hated you know it, it hurts it, it breaks your heart and so you form a coalition of people to stand up for your family and your rights and so that's what we do um, but it has been disheartening of course um, as I started with earlier Freedom House has a lot of supporters and so um, we haven't had a lot of negative of energy and talk coming into the organization we've had a few people that um, made comments on our social media and um, but uh, the point that um, the residents are hearing it, they're watching, they're listening, and so they're um, they're feeling somewhat shame. You know, our whole focus, as we talked about in the beginning, is to move from a, I'm, I'm no longer a victim, I'm a survivor, but when you're being fed all the time, um, that you're here to corrupt or take away our jobs and uh, you're going to kill everybody and, oh, it's just, it's horrible. 
So I think um, our mayor, Mayor Duggan, and Governor Snyder have spoken out very clearly about the quality of the humanity, the dignity of, of diversity, um, what diversity brings. Um, not We don't just think of culturally and food and language and dance and art, but um, talent and skills and sure. the economy. So when we're, when we're looking at a city and a state that's really aging out, right, we need, we need some, re- some vibrancy here. Um, and we can't take away that um, these wonderful, creative, talented, resourceful people are are capable and ready to take those positions. Yeah. And so, um, as we do, as we tell the residents, you know, move away from the victimhood. I think that's where we're in our language to say yeah. we're moving away from that too. We're survivors. We're okay, Deb Drennan, Executive Director of Freedom House. Thank you very much for Thank being you. here. Thank you. It's always a today. pleasure. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. See you tomorrow.